Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Questions for God. Uh, This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. This week we've been digging into the Christian teaching concerning forgiveness and asking, is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? Our specialist in the hot seat today is Pastor David Butcher. David, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. Good afternoon, Gary. Great to be here again. I really appreciate you coming along week by week. I really appreciate the answers that you're able to provide. Your experience really shines out. Thank you. David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia, and uh, it really is fantastic to have him with us. Uh, David, it's we're almost at coming to the end of autumn at the present time. COVID is almost uh, behind us. We can almost get back into some sense of normality. How are you going to be celebrating? Uh, well, Mother's Day to come up with to start with. But, um, yeah, look, I've been trying to get out with these last few warm days uh, out into out, outdoors. And uh, my wife, Megan, and I have been cycling a bit lately. Uh, I like cycling. It's good, yeah, yeah. a good de-stressor. How far do you go a day? Yeah, look, it depends if I'm with Megan or by myself. <laughs> I, I prefer to ride with Megan. But, uh, yeah, look, last month I did 400K. Uh, which is not that much when you're cycling, um, but um, wow. it's really good to get out there in the wind and rack up some kilometres and get some speed. And I thought my seven kilometres in a day was doing uh, was I, I walk and uh, I do about seven and a half k's in a in a day, so that's about what thirty five a week or something. And uh, yeah, I I'm impressed. I must go and get a bike. And it's really nice, you know, riding with my wife. I really enjoyed that. Just got to get that in. I, tell me, is Megan listening today, David? She is listening. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Hello to you, Megan. It's wonderful to have you uh, here here with us today, uh, folks. Let's commence our um, our worship, uh, our our time together today uh, with some music. This is Graham Kendrick. A beautiful song, meekness and majesty.
again to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our specialist in the hot seat today is Pastor David Butcher. David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And this week we're asking, is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? But before we go there today, there's some, something we need to share with you, something that's happening tonight. Tonight, many people don't realise that at 7 o'clock Central Australian Time, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, we have a series commencing online, Predictions of Hope Beyond Corona. Now, yesterday we actually interviewed Gary Webster, Pastor Gary Webster, who's going to be presenting this brand new series. Now, David, um, I'm conscious that some of our listeners are, are wanting a little bit more information on this particular series. Now, you're the president of the church in South Australia. That means that you know all things, uh, which is a, which is a wonderful seat to actually be uh, be sitting in. I need that in writing from you. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, look, David, uh, tell us now um, what we've um, Gary Webster. What are the subjects this this program? What is he talking about? So, look, Gary, as you said so correctly, this commences tonight, and yep. people need to register online at hopechannel.com forward slash predictions of hope. They have to register. They'll be given a link and mm-hmm. they'll be able to watch this series live. And really, Gary is the best one to listen to tonight to know all. But tonight, what we're doing is actually looking at, uh, Gary will be presenting the historical accuracy of the Bible. And uh, mm-hmm. many people see the Bible as, I guess, just a, a book of myths or legends or something to read for history. But looking at the historical accuracy and proving that so that we can really trust the Bible. And then Saturday night, they will be looking at um, the Bible not only offers us history, not only offers us spiritual things and spiritual realities, but the Bible gives us incredible health principles that are backed up by science. And in an age of um, of corona, the health principles are actually so important. They are. And, and look, medical experts are saying regularly at the moment that if we can uh, uh, improve and uh, better our immune systems, we're less likely to be susceptible to this virus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. So we've got now, this is a four-meeting series. It's going to be running tonight, tomorrow night, Sunday night, and, and Monday night. Yes. Okay, okay. Now, folks, can I just encourage you, once you're finished with the drive time, don't hang up just yet, but once you're finished with the drive time program, that'll be about 6 o'clock. That gives you about an hour of Central Australian time to go and have some dinner and then to sit down, register for this program. Now, um, David, just tell me again, what is that, uh, if people have to register so that they can have the link to get in, now what's that uh, address again? Yeah, it's hopechannel.com forward slash predictions of hope. Hopechannel forward slash predictions of hope. Yeah, hopechannel.com forward slash predictions of hope. And it's a free series. Fantastic. And uh, you won't be disappointed. This is something that uh, the communities in which we live need. It is something that will give you hope. It is something that will give you comfort. Mm. And it is something that will give you um, a hook to hang the future on for. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tell me, though, David, um, do you think – I mean, there's so much happening – in our world right now, do you think there's a sort of, I suppose, numbing effect to the reality of the momentous changes that are actually happening in our world? 
I do. I think that is very true to a large extent. Uh, I mean, they say that people that watch violent things on television, um, at first they really, or on, on, on the internet, at first they really um, uh, struggle with it. You know, it really yeah, hits them. Yeah. But after a while, they become accustomed to it mm. and they almost immune, immune um become immune to it. And so I think there is an element of that. We've had droughts, mm -hmm. we've had bushfires, we've had floods in certain areas, uh, and now coronavirus. And this is just another thing on top of everything else. Mm. And so for some people, it's information overload, too much, and they don't want to go there. They can't process it. However, yeah. this is different. Mm -hmm. People are talking about uh, we'll be facing an economic situation like the Great Depression. Yeah. I mean, we're talking 90-odd years ago. Yeah. So this is significant. We're talking ab about incredible numbers of loss of life. Mm. Um, it's phenomenal. So this is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really challenging what you're actually saying because uh, the the reality of the topics that are being talked about for our era are there even if we choose to actually ignore those those subjects. Absolutely. So this series that's occurring, Gary, uh, is right on the money with what people need to hear and what mm. they need to know. Mm. And mm. we've been blessed in Australia with how this has been handled to date. Yeah. Uh, federal uh, Cabinet met today and um, they're looking at um, staged uh, reducing of the restrictions. Mm. Now, we pray and hope that will go really well. Mm. But they have all said that uh, as they uh, minimise some of the restrictions that infection rates will increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So none of us really know what's going to happen. Yeah. But the Bible gives us that hope and that certainty. And yeah, these programs yeah. will embed that in people's minds and hearts. And that's the beautiful thing that within the pages of Scripture, we actually have so much uh, information, so much revealed knowledge that's provided to us by a supernatural God that it gives us a direction and a hope for the future. Exactly. And the Bible's not a dead book. It's not something written a couple of thousand mm. years ago that, that is now out of date. It mm. is living because it's the living Word of God. Yeah. It is the written Word of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's This is a series uh, that I know that I'm going to be watching, and uh, it, I'm making it a priority. And can I encourage you, uh, if you've got just a spare hour, please go and log on and register and watch that particular series. Now, that log on again, uh, David? Hopechannel.com forward slash predictions of hope. Fantastic. You won't be disappointed. I'm certainly going to watch it. Uh, Faith, let's enjoy some music. This is Jason Cork, uh, The Holy City. <laughs> Last night I lay sleeping There came a dream so fair I stood in old Jerusalem Beside the temple there I heard the children singing And ever as they sang Methought the voice of angels From heaven and answering the voice of angels from heaven answer. 
thought my dream has changed The streets no longer rang Hushed were the glad hosannas The little children sang The sun grew dark with mystery The morn was cold and chill As the shadow of the cross arose Upon a lonely hill As the shadow of the cross arose Upon a lonely hill Jerusalem, Jerusalem Beside the tideless sea The light of God was on the streets The gates were open wide And all who would might enter And no one was denied No need of moon or star will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM that's 1-800-324-843 Welcome back. That's a fantastic little book. Uh, if you're really looking for a book that you really want to dig into, can I encourage you to write away for that book, that free offer, The Great Controversy. It's a 
powerful book. I've read it many times myself, and uh, I'd encourage you to actually have a have a look at it. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our specialist in the hot seat today is Pastor David Butcher. David's the president of the Seventh Day Adventist Church in South Australia, and this week we're asking the question: Is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? They're amazing stories. They're stories that, when I first read them, I thought these can't be possible. I was reading on this particular occasion uh, the magazine Christianity Today and I stumbled upon an article that was entitled Be Reconciled. And it quoted a text of scripture. This was the text. Therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And then this story followed. The story was one that blew my mind. This is uh, how the story went. Marcos and Felicity ride a bike from village to village in Rwanda, telling their story of reconciliation. In the 1994 genocide, Marcos murdered eight people, including several members of Felicity's family, while she hid in the bushes nearby. When the genocide ended and Marcos ended up going to prison, Felicity says she wouldn't have hesitated to kill him. When he was released several years later, he faced a community court where he confessed his crimes in detail and seemed to be truly repentant, but Felicity wasn't ready to forgive. Over the next couple of years, though, she became a Christian and began considering the possibility of forgiveness. Marcos came to her home, got down on his knees before her, folded his hands and begged her forgiveness. She then granted that while pulling a hand, putting a hand on his shoulder. Marcos told Christianity Today it felt like a holy shower, that he felt clean on the inside for the first time in many, many years. And Felicity said, It was like having a crippling burden released from her back. Today, they ride on a bike around telling their amazing story of reconciliation and many others throughout Rwanda have similar stories to tell. When I read that, I thought, wow, that is a a story. That is the most extreme form of forgiveness that one could possibly imagine. And then I remember the story in the Amish territory that occurred a number of years ago. It was uh, it was a, a sunny uh, midweek afternoon, and the Amish children were in their small uh, one-room school rooms. Uh, an intruder came into one of those school rooms and herded the children into a back room. He proceeded to shoot ten schoolgirls before turning the gun on himself. That is known as the tragedy at the Nickel Mines schools. One year later, they were, the parents of those children were interviewed by professional journalists and 
They spoke about their understanding of forgiveness. These are, these are some of the things that they said. They said that their understanding of forgiveness, they came to understand, was a long process. They came to understand that it was difficult, that it's painful, that replacing bitter feelings towards someone is something that takes time. And they would say that it only happens through God's grace. But they began, they explained, in forgiving, forgiving the perpetrator by expressing their intention to forgive with the faith that emotional forgiveness would follow over months and years. They don't begin with trying to blame someone or something. Entire books have been written on the experience of the Amish and their willingness to forgive the perpetrator of this horrendous crime. Now, David, I just really conscious that this is one of the one of the huge challenges that we face in the Christian world today. I mean, David, how are these types of changes possible? I mean, what's going on here? How is this type of thing even possible? Is this some form of superhumanity? Absolutely. Um, true forgiveness can only occur, I believe, from a supernatural uh, divine being. And we would say that's God. It can only be supernatural. Okay. And that's because... <coughs> pardon me. That's because God, his very nature, is a God who forgives. Mm. It's everywhere in Scripture. And one of my most favorite verses is found in the book of Micah. Mm -hmm. Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. And the prophet there says, Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgiveness and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. So who is a God like our God who forgives and pardons our sins? That's what the prophet is saying. Mm -hmm. God is a God who forgives. In Hebrews 8 verse 12, um, the apostle says, For I will forgive, speaking of God, I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. So God promises to forgive and he promises to remember our sins no more. So God is, it's his nature, it's his very That's being. a very beautiful thought, isn't it, David? Because what we've actually got here is a God who is prepared to say that even the mistakes, the big mistakes that hound you day in and day out, I'm actually prepared to, to forgive those, those things. And the Bible says that God is a God of love. Yeah. So forgiveness goes with love. A and it's just a beautiful picture. I mean, Colossians chapter 1, Gary, verse 13 and 14 says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom mm. we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. So this yeah. is telling us that innate in God's character is this forgiveness. 
It's almost like a like a parent. You know, one of the things I'm really conscious of is as you have, you know, as you have your own children, there's not a parent I know who goes who doesn't go out of their way to forgive the mistakes of their children. And what we find in the scriptures is this very beautiful picture of a heavenly father who is prepared to do the same thing for his children on earth. That's right. And I think, Gary, one of the keys when it comes to forgiveness is to realize the Bible says we're all sinners. Mm. Now, that means we've all done wrong. Mm -hmm. The Bible also tells us in numerous places that first and foremost, all sin is against God. Mm. David, after his sin with Bathsheba and and really the murder of Uriah, Mm. uh, he says against you, Psalm 51 verse 4, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Mm. So hang on, he's done wrong against Bathsheba, he's done wrong against Uriah, he's now Mm. dead, Mm. and many others. But ultimately our sin is always against God. Uh, Genesis 39 verse 9, Joseph there in Egypt in Potiphar's household as as the the steward, the manager of the house, Mm. uh, Potiphar's wife uh, seduces him or wants to seduce him and he... uh, in at that moment where she she has uh, evil intent, if you like, he says to her, "How can I do this wickedness and sin against God?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So really, the reality is is that uh, from from scriptures we discover that in fact we are all sinners in need of grace and forgiven if we come to Christ. We can be we can put an incredible load can come off our back. And that's one of the beautiful things with forgiveness. Mm. So for me, Gary, one of the most powerful things with forgiveness from Scripture, which has resonated with me in a practical way, Mm. when I realize that I'm a sinner, Mm. and all too often I realize that, when I realize that all sin, first and foremost, is against God, Mm -hmm. then I look at the parable in Matthew 18, which I know you've looked at this week, Just remind us, because some of our listeners may not have been on that particular day. Yeah, look, thank you. It's the parable of the two servants, Mm. and uh, the the king calls one in, and he owes this huge debt. In Mm. fact, he owes uh, the equivalent of 10,000 talents. Now, that um, broken down equates to 60 million days' labor. That's huge, isn't it? 60 million days' wages. Can you imagine uh, owing that amount of money to anybody? Well, let me tell you how many years that is, Gary, because I can't imagine 60 million years' days' wages. I'd love to have that paid to me, (laughs) but it equates to 164,384 years. Now, wow. Gary, you look you look young, but I know you're a bit older than me, but you're certainly not that old, right? Exactly. So, so this servant owes the king 164,384 years of debt. And it's really an amount that it's impossible to repay, isn't it? Absolutely. The king wipes his debt. He forgives him. The king represents God, and God is this God who loves to forgive. Mm. That servant... That has just been forgiven. Mm. You imagine the weight off his shoulders, and yet within his heart is this evil, mm. and he sees a man that owes him one hundred days' wages. Mm. It's about three months. Three months, and he grabs him by the throat. He says, "Pay up!" and and this poor servant says, "Look, give me more time, and I'll do it." Mm. But he has this man thrown in prison. Mm. For me, Gary, the, the the most powerful thing in this parable 
is that when I feel that you've wronged me or someone else has wronged me, I yeah. feel really hurt. I feel wronged or grieved. Someone's someone's done wrong to me. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be righted. Yeah, yeah, and that's justice. I mean, you, you frequently hear in our world this call for we want justice. That's true. But what we need to realize, and this parable tells us, when I feel wrong and aggrieved, wronged and aggrieved by someone that's done something to me, I am the servant that is only owed three months' wages, one hundred days' wages, small amount, and yet. God is telling me in this parable, David, you've been wronged. But, da- but, but David, look, let's come to, I mean, I'm really conscious that you know, our time's already starting to get away from us. I mean, in, in the story that I, I shared, you've got these two people. We were talking the Rwandan um, genocide. Yep. Um, you know, one man kills the family of a, of a lady. The lady witnesses it. But then she's able to turn around and she's able to forgive for a horrendous crime. I mean, I think of there are some horrendous crimes. I mean, look, hey, I find it easy if someone takes a if someone takes five dollars from my wallet, I, I don't have a great deal of trouble actually forgiving that. But you know, if someone impacts my family, if somebody impacts you know my my personal life, that's where to me you know the rubber really. I mean, can you forgive? This type, I mean, is that part of Christian theology? And, and no, we can't forgive without a spirit of forgiveness, which only comes from God. And it is part of Christian theology, because in Luke chapter 24, verses 46 to 48, it's the gospel commission going to all the world. But this is Luke's version. And Jesus tells his followers, he says to them that... Um, he says, repentance, uh, he says this, he says, this is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. To all nations beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. Mm-hmm. So it is a Christian theology because Jesus is saying part of this gospel commission is to preach a message of forgiveness of sins. Uh, so in other words, it's, it's forgiveness of sins to um, uh, my for- forgiveness of my sins of the huge debt that I have to my maker, but also the maker then says, "Hey, what I have done to you, I want you to go and do to others." Exactly, and it goes back to that parable in Matthew eighteen. We are owed a hundred days' wages, but we owe Jesus, we owe God that we've wronged sixty million days' wages. Mm. Our debt is massive to God, and He's wiped it. Mm-hmm. So this is a supernatural thing. It can only happen supernaturally, which means the Holy Spirit has to be the agent to bring this about. And, you us. know, it's interesting. Even if you go to the Lord's Prayer, you get in the Lord's Prayer, you get this little phrase, uh, and Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, I, you know it's so easy for me to actually take the Lord's forgiveness but, you know, the thing that I find much harder is this forgiving of my debtors. But forgiveness doesn't cost us. What God is saying to me, I believe, he's really saying, give it to me, David, hand it over to me, and let me deal with it so that you can heal. And, and, and so that you can heal. I like what you say there about so that you can heal because the reality is, is what we've been talking about this week, is there seems to be a... a but when we are carrying grievance on our back, 
there seems to be a huge load falls off our back when we get to the point of being able to forgive. That's 100% correct. And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of sin. John chapter um, 14. And when you go to Acts chapter 2, you get this beautiful story on the day of Pentecost and um, uh, Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. He gets up and he preaches a powerful story, a powerful sermon. Jesus was was murdered, crucified 50 days earlier. Mm -hmm. And now Peter's getting up and saying, you people were responsible. You crucified him. You're responsible. And his message is so powerful, which is not his message, because remember, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So it's the Holy Spirit that is doing the work on people's hearts. And this is the only way we can uh, forgive others. We need to first recognize our sin. Okay, so we recognize our sin. We confess our sin to to Christ. Christ uh, Christ actually gives his Holy Spirit, and there seems to be a change that happens within an individual's mind. Are you saying that that gives them a a power they didn't otherwise have? I think that's a very good question. What is actually happening, I believe, is... John 14 verse 27 tells us the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, elsewhere in John, it tells us that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, also mm. in chapter 14. Mm. So Romans chapter 12 verse 2, we're being told not to conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We can't do this. We mm. can't pre-program or reprogram our minds. Mm. It only happens as we invite God into our hearts. So as Jesus comes into our heart, something seems to take place without, you know, one of the passages I suppose, David, I love most of all is is actually, in fact, I love the book of Philippians. It's actually called one of the prison epistles. And I, I just really encourage our readers, if uh, our listeners, if, if ever you want a book that's going to encourage you, I love the book of Philippians. Uh, Paul is writing to the Philippians, and uh, what he says to them is this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God didn't consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. The the apostle is saying, Let this mind that is in Jesus Christ also be in you. You know, to me, that's a huge expectation because what Paul seems to be saying to the believers is what I want you to be like is I want you to have the same sort of mind as Jesus himself actually had. Which is really saying I want you to have the same character, to be lowly in spirit. He lowered himself. But how? But but how do I do this? I mean, you know, do I work harder at it? No, so what happens in Acts chapter 2 that we were looking at, Mm -hmm. when people heard that message of Peter, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter, men and brethren, verse 37 of chapter 2, they say, uh, what shall we do? In other words, they Mm. realize that there is something missing in their lives. Mm. And then the answer comes in with Peter. He says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So when we realize our need, when we invite God into our lives and we say, God, we're sick of the direction our life is headed. There's something Mm. missing. I'm sick of the burden that I'm actually carrying. The grudges. The grudges on my back. Yes. Yes. I I I want them dropped off. Yeah, yeah. When we come to God and actually humble ourselves, which is what you read in Philippians. Mm. Jesus humbled himself. Then the Holy Spirit can fill us 
And as the Holy Spirit comes into this emptiness that was previously full of baggage and garbage, Mm. the Holy Spirit then begins this work of changing us. You know, it's almost like uh, many years ago I read a book, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan. It's one of the classics of the Christian faith. And what you have is Christian is going, taking a journey to the eternal city, and he comes to a, to a hill that there's a cross on. And it's not until he comes to the hill that's got the cross on it, and he mounts the hill that suddenly at the at the point of the cross, a huge burden falls off his back. And to me, when I sort of realise that, what that is actually saying, what John Bunyan is saying at that point, it seems that when he receives repentance himself, the burden falls off his back. But, you know, when people uh, forgive others, burdens fall down too. Exactly. Yeah. Because what we're doing, we're giving God permission to take it from us, mm. to take that hurt, mm. to take the the way we've been wronged. Mm. Justice belongs to God. Mm. Uh, Jesus on the cross. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, Father, forgive yeah. them. They don't know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And we talked about yesterday. I mean, this doesn't do away with accountability and it doesn't do away with the fact that forgiveness can take a period of time and it's a, often a process that you have to go through. But to me, the thing that I think is so important that we're speaking about today is the power source that, al- that enables a person to transition from carrying an incredible burden to a position of a carrying no burden. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love actually, David, um, uh, Galatians, uh, chapter, chapter five, because mm. this is actually talking about the, uh, the coming of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life, what actually takes place? Well, um, Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The third one is peace. You know, I'm so conscious that there are so many people in our world today that have never had this peace. They're actually carrying around grievance. They haven't been able to forgive them. They haven't been forgiven themselves. They haven't been able to forgive others. And the peace is something that eludes them. But here what Scripture is actually saying is that when the Holy Spirit comes, what he gives is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Control, and it says against such there is no law. This is this is a beautiful picture that's being painted by the Apostle Paul of the work of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, a hundred percent. So this is not our work; it's the Holy Spirit's work. But there has to be this um, union, if you like. We need to allow God, and the Holy Spirit, to work in us. We have to surrender, which is our biggest struggle. Yeah, letting yeah. go of self and pride and and our filth, and saying, God, come in, do this work. Yeah, yeah, that's a th- that is a huge challenge, isn't it? Because it's a transition that's actually taking place both in your heart and in your mind, and and it's it's but it's at the point of that transition that you actually find incredible freedom. You know, you get that passage. You know, the truth will make you. Free. And, you know, to me, I'm amazed the way that within Scripture, the more truth I receive, the more freedom I actually have. You know, I discover the truth of the, the gospel. I discover uh, and I get the freedom of peace. I get the truth of what happens when you die. I get the freedom to hope. I get the freedom mm. to, uh, you know, I get the freedom. I get the truth of the Sabbath. I love that truth. Mm. And I get the freedom of rest. Uh, do you know? Truth, more truth, 
equals more freedom. To me, I believe this is a wonderful picture that's painted within the scriptures. Absolutely, yet the world tells us something different. That's true. That's true. I mean, so much in the world, you actually get this this picture that by striving after many things, you're actually going to have all that you want. And look, Gary, I've experienced that piece for myself. Um, mm. I was wronged. I was aggrieved in a particular church. And sometimes mm. churches are places of pain. I've been preaching. You mean church pastors can sometimes get yeah, aggrieved? And, and for church members. <laughs> I was aggrieved. Uh, I was wronged. Mm. Um, I had a medical episode. I'd been affirming people on their significant birthdays. Mm. And uh, was said to me, or was said behind my back that God was judging me. And so that's why I became sick, uh, because I'd been promoting birthdays. And uh, I sought out a leader in the church to come with me on a witch hunt. And I would find out who, who was saying this and spreading this. And after three visits and uh, after three denials, uh, I went away and God taught me a lesson. He was saying, David, you don't need to carry this. You don't mm. need to know who did it. Just mm. give it to me. Mm. And mm. I did. And it's given mm. me peace. And uh, I must say that that was a real lesson for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a, that's a powerful example. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful, uh, David. Our time is starting to, to to go. Let's come to to some music. This is CC uh, Winans, and uh, ask the question: uh, Why me? <laughs> Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you've shown?
gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our specialist in the hot seat today is Pastor David Butcher. David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. David, thank you so much for what you've been sharing. It's been very powerful, really, really blessed by it. Today we've been asking uh, the question, is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? And today, how is it possible to practically forgive? David, please bring it all together for us. What really are we saying? You know, how is it possible to, to, to get rid of these, these burdens that so many people are carrying? Again, it's supernatural, Gary, and there's no greater, no greater evidence than someone's story. Mm. And um, I'm reminded of the story of Corrie ten Boom, the hiding place, uh, that family, that Dutch Christian family in World War II mm. that were um, uh, rescuing Jewish people. And a story is told after the war. Uh, Corrie, during the war, had lost her father and her sister in a concentration mm. camp, mm. the two dearest people she loved the most. Yeah. And afterwards, she was writing and talking about forgiveness. A- and she ended up back in Germany, I believe, a- and somehow she ended up meeting uh, one of the prison guards from the concentration This is a, an incredibly powerful story because what I'm conscious of, I actually uh, had to read this book when we were at, at high school. It was one of the books we actually studied. And uh, I still remember it. It was one book that I do remember uh, to this day um, but it's this story of her meeting the guard mm. that to me was probably more powerful than the book itself absolutely and I only read the first and last chapter in high school so I might have missed it but but here she is with this prison guard in front of her with his hand extended and she realises that she is a because she's been talking about forgiveness hasn't she yeah 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 but she realises that this war of forgiveness and unforgiveness still lives within her how can she forgive this man that's done so much tragedy to her and so as she's before him his hand is extended she realises she's seeking reconciliation yes with the lady who whose sister and um father, father have been killed in the concentration camp. Yeah. So she realizes that these vengeful thoughts are brewing within her. She says, I saw the sin of them, of her thoughts. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Now that's mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asks Jesus to forgive her and still the hand is extended, but she still cannot receive this man's hand. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where she says this. She says, I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Listen to this. Give me your forgiveness, Jesus. Mm. And she says that as she said that, she feel, felt this uh, sort of power come into her shoulder and into her arm, streaming down her arm mm. to her hand. And she extended her hand and she was overwhelmed with a feeling of love as she shook mm. that man's hand. And this is what I want to say, Gary. Mm. She says, I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness any more than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges. It doesn't rely on us. 
mm. but rather on his. That's God's. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives along with the command the love itself. Mm. So in other words, God doesn't just tell us to love our enemies. He gives us the power to do so. Mm. But I think there's something particularly significant in that story that you just told. It, he gives us the ability to be able to do that which would be otherwise impossible. But Corey had to pray for the individual to receive. Do you think prayer is an important part of this whole equation? Absolutely, 100%. Um, with Prayer is what lifts us up to God. Mm. It connects us with God. Mm. That's what Jesus did when he's on the cross. Father, forgive them. That's a prayer. That's an amazing prayer, isn't it? Absolutely. Stephen, mm. when he's being stoned in, I think it's Acts 7, yeah. it's the same thing. He yeah. prays a, a prayer. Mm. So forgiveness cannot happen without prayer, whether it's silent in our thoughts or in our mind or whether it's spoken. Yeah. Because we need that supernatural help that only comes from God. Yeah, yeah. And it's only a person who's actually experienced that supernatural help that actually uh, can vouch for the reality of what you're actually sharing. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. David, look, I, I'm just wondering. How would, you, how would you feel about praying? I'm conscious that there may be some of our listeners out there today who, uh, who may be carrying a, a huge burden themselves. You know, maybe it's something that they need to confess to God. Maybe it's something that they need to ask the Lord for power to forgive. Mm. Um, would you pray for those people? Absolutely. Thanks, David. Lord. I pray that the person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of love by becoming fully aware of your unconditional love and in turn will be able to love others. Lord, I pray that the person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of joy because of experiencing your steady joy and in turn that they will radiate that inner joy to others. Mm. Lord, I pray that that person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of peace, your inner peace, and in turn will have a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I pray that that person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of patience because of experiencing your patience. Lord, I pray that the person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of kindness because of experiencing your kindness. Lord, I pray that the person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of goodness because of experiencing the genuine goodness of Jesus and that they will in turn reflect that themselves. Lord, I pray that the person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of faithfulness because of realizing that you're a God of amazing faithfulness. Mm. Lord, I pray that the person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of gentleness because of experiencing your gentleness towards them and that they will also exhibit that. Lord, I pray that the person that has wronged me will be filled with the fruit of self-control because that is what you give us. So, Father, if someone is struggling with, with to forgive someone, I pray that they will labor with you, that they'll give it to you, that you will take that, that you will give them peace, remove their burdens, I pray, so that they can heal, so that they can live, and so that they can love as you would have them love, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor David Butcher on The Drive Time Show. Next week, we welcome to the show... Uh, Pastor Gary Webster, who's going to be sharing about some of the online series that's going to be released tonight, Predictions of Hope.
beyond corona. On Monday, we're going to ask, could predictive prophecy be real? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you. Please enjoy. He looked beyond my fault. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. 